everybody, welcome to the Full Metal Pod, where we talk about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I am Jason. And I'm Jimmy. Yeah, how have you been doing, Jimmy? We have actually a lovely Labor Day weekend coming up, or lovely depending on how you define lovely. It is really hot in the Bay Area. You might actually hear my fan in the background. I'll try to ed- eliminate that as much as I can. Well, um, I live in Texas, and we actually got a lot of rain this week, which I'm thankful for. I'm kind of hoping for some more cooler weather. I know everyone's been getting like extreme heat this summer fall time so just waiting for the cold weather to come through yeah i feel like once october hits we'll probably be good at least that's what i'm hoping we'll be past all of this hot weather until what may june so yeah cool let's start off with episode four episode four it's uh definitely one of the hardest episodes to watch because, well, we'll get into it a little deeper, but I, I don't know about you, Jimmy. It's like, even even though I know exactly what's going to happen in an episode, because I've seen the show so many times, I, it still just gets to me. I do. I, I needed a minute to, like, recompose myself. Episode four is is a very tough one, and it, I, I didn't realize it happened so soon in the series. Yeah, like we, we said at the beginning of the podcast in our first episode, this anime really doesn't pull punches when it hits some of the harder topics. And this is going to be one of those examples. So this episode is called An Alchemist's Anguish. So it starts with a, in the middle of the night, we see another state alchemist, one we haven't been introduced to yet, named Boss Gron walking around. And he comes across a mysterious man with a X-shaped scar on his face. And they kind of duke it out for a while. But while it does look like uh, the the elder alchemist, the state alchemist, has done better and has kind of captured scar- this scarred man in a box, they then realize that he busts out of the box and just puts his hand on the alchemist's head and blows it up. Or not really blows it up in the sense that we see an explosion, but like, you know, we just see, like, blood squirt out of his ears or whatever. So, uh, presumably, the insides of his skull were blown up. So, yeah. So, this this is kind of going to be the B-plot for the episode. Kind of setting up for the next one. But, apparently, there is some murderer who seems to be specifically targeting state alchemists. The Elric brothers return to East City, where Co- Colonel Mustang is currently stationed. And they report on what happened at Lior in the previous episode. They mentioned that they were able to see the father, uh, whatever, uh, Father Cornello, the leader of the whole Leto religion. They they saw him create a chimera from scratch uh, with using alchemy. And that really shocked them because they didn't know it was possible. They wished they had knew more about what this kind of alchemy was. It, maybe it will lead them to some kind of clue as to how to save their mother or how to not save their mother, but how to bring back their bodies, make them normal again. So Mustang says, well, there is an alchemist I can introduce you to, uh, Shao Tucker. His title is the Sewing Life Alchemist. He is an expert at bioalchemy. He even created a chimera that could talk two years prior. So they go and they meet him. You know, he's kind of a soft-spoken guy but he doesn't really give too many 
Reapy vibes. He gives a little bit of them, but otherwise he just seems like, oh, you know, kind of a shy guy. But, you know, how bad could he be? Because he, he's, a, he's a dad. He has a daughter and they have this big fluffy dog. And, you know, he seems like he's a, just a single dad trying to make it because they mentioned that his wife left him and just him all alone with Nina trying to take care of everything. So, yeah, so, you know, you feel like he might be a good guy. He, he's, he's just, you know, guy trying to make it. Maybe he's a little awkward in his demeanor. So he kind of tries to show them all of his work and whatnot. And he mentions that you know, two years prior, when he was able to ditch together this chimera and create this chimera that was able to talk, that was amazing enough that it earned him his state alchemist uh, title of the Sewing Life Alchemist. And it kind of raised him from poverty. A little later in the episode, he talks about how he started in poverty and now he's doing great in his life, uh, comparatively, uh, they're not poor anymore. The government's taking really good care of them, or the gov- his government salary as a state alchemist is taking care of him. When they, when one of Mustang's men comes to pick up Edward and Alphonse from the house, he casually mentions, you know, hey, good luck on your your uh, evaluation. It's coming up soon. And, you know, Child Tucker mentions, yeah, every year daddy has to, he's saying to his daughter, every year daddy has to, you know, talk, uh, do an evaluation. And, you know, they just want to make sure that all the money they're giving him is going to something. And his evaluation last year didn't go so well. So if he fails this evaluation, he is not going to uh, be able to keep his state alchemy or state alchemist title and likely be back out on the streets and in poverty again. So, you know, we're starting to see the weight of the world come down on him. About a day or two comes by and brothers come back. The weather's changed. It's not sunny. It's actually raining outside. And the brothers come in and Shao Tucker's there and he says, oh, yo, I did it. I was able to create another alchem- uh, another chimera that can talk. And so, you know, he says, hey, say Edward in the dog says edward and so edward's like shocked hey this dog could talk the dog says edward a few more times and then it calls him big brother big brother was something that nina was calling them when the brother boys were playing with edward and alphonse so ed starts to kind of put things together in his head because he realizes something's not right so he asks Shao Tucker, when did his wife leave? And he said, about two years ago. And he said, oh, well, when was the, your last evaluation? And he said, that was about two years ago, too. And so Ed says, I have one more question. Where are Nina and Alexander? Alexander being the dog. And he kind of gives a, you know, a disturbing look. And so Ed goes on the attack for him and realizes Oh, you you used your daughter and her dog to create a chimera. So he eventually he essentially merged their bodies together. So you have this really long, this really long kind of largest dog, but with humanish hair. And now Katoxus, like, oh, you did something so terrible. You know, Al gets mad, starts punching him and whatnot, and the and Chow Tucker does the whole the whole. Uh, you and me are we're not so different kind of speech where he says, hey, we both tried to play God and we both paid the penalty and stuff. And Ed's trying to defy, uh, to deny any of that. He's saying, you know, no, we aren't the same. This is evil. He gets a, uh, he gets to leave. Ed gets to leave uh, because 
his unit comes and picks him up and he announces what Shao Tucker had did. And they said they're going to send the police after, not the police, uh, the military police to get him and formally arrest him. Right now, they just left some men behind to kind of guard him until they can get the formal military police there. Uh, all of a sudden, the assassin, at this point, Ed is gone and everybody else is gone. Monacy's guards and uh, the Chimera, Nina, and Shao Tucker. All of a sudden, the guy comes in, the guy we saw murdering earlier, another state alchemist comes in, and he goes ahead and he kills Shao Tucker. During this time, he's doing a whole talk about God's power, how people shouldn't have the power to create. So, you know, he's really hates alchemists, especially state alchemists, so that's why he's targeting Shao Tucker. And then he kind of mercy kills Nina because he's, he states there's nothing that could be done to reverse what was done to her. So he'll just give her an easy life or, or give her a painless death so that she can move forward. As he walks out, he says some kind of prayer, um, asking God to take them into the afterlife, uh, take care of their souls, all that stuff. So he's while he's a murderer, it's clear he's there is some kind of religious element that is that is uh, driving him. We don't know exactly what yet. It's kind of hinted that he's just angry that alchemists are playing God. And the episode kind of ends there. So, as we mentioned, very hard episode. What were your thoughts, Jimmy? I, I am slightly speechless. This episode was... It's very tough to watch. I feel even if I think I've seen this episode about three or four times and it's always very difficult to to watch what happens at the uh, end of the episode. Uh, not the end, I guess the middle part of the episode when you find out that Tucker has turned his daughter and her dog into a chimera. Um, all for purely selfish reasons of uh him wanting just to keep his state alchemist title uh so yeah a very difficult episode to kind of under understand yeah i absolutely agree because you know he uh, he sacrifices his wife two years prior to create a chimera so that he can get a stake out state alchemy uh, get that title so that he could get the money and whatnot. So he sacrifices one part of his family, and then now he sacrifices another. And it's just kind of bizarre when we think about a father figure, a parent, is just willing to sacrifice the good stuff that he has in his life, his daughter, and the things that matter, the friends that you have and whatnot, all just for this goal of both greatness, but the acquisition of knowledge. Like he wants, part of it is he wants to keep his money so that he can live. But then another part of it is he wants to keep the state alchemy title, state alchemist title, so that he can continue to do his research and continue to do his science. When we see his lab, he has just this massive library with all of this data, all of these different books. So clearly he's a man of science and his take on science definitely took him to a dark place. I, I do wonder if it's uh, the pressure of the deadline that gets to him. And maybe he's actually 
trying to do research and the only reason because the last time he did something like this was to his wife what was that two years ago i believe that they said that maybe in between that time he was trying to find a way to actually do it but just couldn't in time and then resorted to i guess what he resorted to last time yeah i mean that's definitely a good point i think just the fact that even with the deadline, the fact that he would much rather lose his daughter and keep his state alchemy uh, status than to lose the state alchemy and keep his daughter. Like the fact that it was just, it was, it was in his head that, Oh, I just have this person here that I can use to create a chimera. This should make life easier. I do think at the scene, when you see that he is talking to Ed about, uh, creating chimeras after Ed realizes that he used Nina and Alexander to create the one that's talking at the moment. And it flashes to all the uh, animals are, are, are all the things in cages chimeras in his room? Yeah. He's been trying to create chimeras. Some, some more successful than others, but it's kind of implied or it's not implied. It's so much just as said that, when he tried to stitch together two animals, he wasn't able to create something smart enough to talk. So he had to start with something that already had the ability to talk in order to make it work. When it flashes and you see all the animal, all the chimeras in his room, for me at a, at a second, I was like, are all these people, did he kind of just like lure people in from the city? And then, cause the way the eyes glowed when they were all kind of, when, uh, Ed was looking around and like the monkey looking chimera's eyes kind of did that anime gloss over thing. And then I'm like, are all these people, is he only making chimeras with people now? Cause he does spend a lot of time on his own. His daughter is kind of, she said she kind of does her own thing for the day and he's buried in his books. So I, a part of me is like, are these people strapped in these bodies? Could be, might be. We, you know, he's. It's not. It's not unreasonable to assume that that would happen. He clearly has. He clearly has the the morals, or he has kind of a moral relativism where his idea is, you know, if the end justifies the means, then, or, or you know, or, or then it's then it's acceptable. So hey, you know. I am doing great research here that's going to propel the world forward. So it doesn't matter if I ruin a few lives in the process. I also think about how they, the government feels about this. Clearly they're supporting him as a state alchemist and this, they're like, he's making chimeras. So that's a good thing. So it seems like the government is supporting his research to keep making chimeras when I feel like that is something that should be frowned upon. It, it seems to go against the natural flow of things to put two ant, like creatures together seems that it should be against the law. Yeah, and that is actually a common theme that we see in the show. And we kind of saw it in the previous episode with Leto, where it was kind of the science versus religion. Yeah, we kind of see on that side 
and it's it's really good that the episodes are right next to each other because the way I've always seen it is that they're kind of going to both extremes. So in the first one, we see the extreme of people following this religion without using science or whatnot, and all of a sudden, you know, we have Rose who is driven to the point where she is willing to kill some people she just met in order to get in in order to please the religion and get what she wants. But we have the extreme opposite on today's episode where you have somebody who's not so much religious and I don't even, you know, we would, we could call him evil technically. Cause you know, who would do that with, uh, with his daughter. But at the same time, I don't know that it was just like, you know, mustache twirling evil as much as he was a person who believed that as long as the ends justified the means, he was fine with what he was doing. And as long as he could keep getting money for his research, for his, you know, for his scientific endeavors, then everything else was fine. So, you know, we have that other extreme right there. And, and you know, I think, they, I don't think it's a mistake that they necessarily put the two episodes right you know, back to back. I think it was just, in my mind, I've always thought they were trying to juxtapose the two extremes of thinking, like, you you have to have some kind of balance being purely, being purely scientific with no morals isn't uh, any better than, you know, being purely unscientific without reason, so... I also like how this episode starts. I don't know if you remember in the very beginning, um, some of the state alchemists are all sitting at a table and I guess they're doing paperwork and they're talking about this other state alchemist that is on the run because the Elric brothers exposed him for, I guess, stealing funds from something. And it makes me think, uh, are are the Elric brothers also doing internal investigations on the side? I think so. Like, as state alchemists, they have duties to handle. So, if I had to put money on it, I think these are kind of the duties they have is is kind of doing these kind of investigations because it's kind of implied that there's not really a war going on at this time. So, it's not like the soldiers or the alchemists need to be out there fighting a war so my guess is that yeah they're just being you know because of their age and because they're in a relative peacetime a lot of their activity is just kind of doing these random investigations but do you think mustang knew something about tucker in a sense that his evaluation is coming up soon and the last time he made a chimera was at his la- is when he became a state alchemist. I wonder if Mustang had this gut feeling like there's something up with Tucker. Maybe if I send the boys over there. Because the episode starts with them exposing someone. And then it kind of ends the episode with them exposing someone again. Because I wonder if they weren't there and Tucker brings the chimera to uh, the, the station... If people are just going to be like, oh, wow, he did it again. Because no one really questioned, like, where did his wife go? They just accepted it as a fact that he made a ty- talking chimera. So 
I wonder if Mustang had this gut feeling and he, and he sent the brothers there for an extra reason. Oh, that's actually a good point. I mean, we do see that Mustang's a little, he's smarter than the average bear, as they say. You know, he does, he seems to know more than he's always letting on. So, yeah, it's very possible that he kind of sit, he kind of sensed something was up. And because the, uh, the Elrics were so interested in learning about chimera you know he sent them out there like uh, like that would have been a good ruse because if he just told them hey go investigate this guy maybe that would raise flags and he would be less open to share what he was up to so you know if the boys are as ignorant as he is or about it then it probably worked in his favor i also like how this episode kind of regrounds you into Ed and Al being young. Like you see them playing with Nina and the dog. Like they take breaks and they're running around and they're having a good time. And it just makes you remember that they're not adults. They're still kids in a sense that they're not fully jaded with being a state alchemist. Yep. Yeah. I think they are definitely very different than the other state alchemists you see. Yeah, you know, part of it could be because they're young, and maybe it's also because they haven't been in the the role long enough to be jaded, uh, long enough to have killed enough people in in war or whatnot to be grizzled and kind of heartless, pseudo heartless, if you will. But yeah, it's definitely reminding us that they are kind of kids at heart. Despite going through everything that I do through. also, oh, sorry, I do also like how Tucker, uh, as Ed is beating him up, is kind of telling him that they are the same person, that they both kind of, I don't know how to phrase it, you know, like how Ed and Al try to bring their mom back to life and how he turned his daughter and her dog into one creature how they're the same in a sense. I, I was wondering what, how you felt about that. Uh, so I, I, he has a point, but he doesn't because you can argue like from my perspective, I think he knows what he's doing is wrong. Like he's seen the outcome at least once before what happens when you try to create a chimera, even if he didn't like he needs to, there's no way he doesn't know that it's wrong for him to merge a person with an animal and put them in this like weird hybrid state that they can never escape from. Whereas you can argue the brothers, they wanted to bring their mother back. They didn't really know what the outcome was or what would happen. They didn't know that they would lose their limbs or Al, uh, Al would lose his body they just thought, okay, we're bringing our mom back to life. This is going to be, this is going to be good, and that's all that's going to happen. So, I guess if you look at it from the surface, or you don't look at it much deeper than that, then maybe they're the same. But I think if you also look at the intents of their actions, and instead of just the outcome, then I, I mean, I definitely think they are different. I do feel like those words haunted Ed while he was saying that, and I do think. At, it's, this is going to change him as a character, seeing all this and what people are willing to sacrifice to get what they want and what ultimately he's going to have to sacrifice to get what he wants. I do think this 
meeting between these two alchemists definitely is going to leave a lasting impact on our hero. I agree 100%. Like, this is definitely going to mold the way they see the world moving forward. And we actually see a little bit of that come up here in the next episode. Uh, Reign of Sorrows. This is episode five. It's a little, uh, it's it's a little heavy too. Not nearly as heavy as this previous one, where we see, uh, unfortunately, a little girl. She couldn't have been more than five, maybe six. Have that happen to her? Uh, but it's still a heavy episode. So we go straight. To this this episode happens immediately after episode four. There's no real time passage. Lieutenant Hawkeye tells the Edward and Alphonse that Shao Tucker has been killed and the Chimera. Uh, they're not sure exactly who did it, but based on the the method and whatnot, they think it's the same serial killer who's been targeting state alchemists, which people still aren't sure exactly why he's targeting state alchemists. There's a theory that it might be because of money. It might be be because of just general hatred of alchemy. No one knows. So he, you know, Ed's a little, feels a little bit better. Maybe that Shao Tucker got some kind of justice, but not really because it doesn't change the fact that Nina was turned into a chimera and now Nina's dead. He, they basically feel terrible and actually Ed is having nightmares where he's kind of seeing that he failed to bring his mom to life and now he failed to protect this little girl so he's just like in this really bizarre mood a very understandable sad mood too and I'm not trying to say that you know he was he was sad without reason but you know he's kind of in a funk understandably so we kind of take a flashback or, or a sidestep and we look at Lior and here we see Lust and Gluttony. They're trying to cause another rebellion. Uh, but apparently the father, Cornello, that we see show up isn't actually Father Cornello, but another one of the one of their cohorts named Envy, who has the ability to shapeshift. And apparently somebody sees him shapeshift who shouldn't see him shapeshift. So then we see that. Another one, Gluttony, as his name would entail, uh, likes to eat and presumes to eat the witness. So they talk a little bit back and forth. Apparently, they're doing some kind of scheme. They're trying to cause a civil war in Lior where some of the religious zealots are on the side of this fake Cornello, whereas there are others who are calling him a false prophet, and they start to, the, the two factions start to fight each other. So something's going on, and then they also mention how there is a serial killer of state alchemists who are present, and how that is bothersome to whatever it is their plans are. So hopefully we, we figure out a little bit more there, but clearly there is some larger scheme going on. So now we go back to, Cent uh, to East City, rather, and they just kind of you know, are in a funk, Al and Ed. All of a sudden, they come across a man, the same man that has been killing the serial killer. He has now been deemed Scar, largely because of the X-shaped scar on his head. So, you know, I guess that was, since they don't have a name, they just named him based off of his appearance. And they decide to fight, fight him. 
Uh, Scar gets the best of both the brothers. Scar has this destructive alchemy where he touches things and they just blow up and break down to their basic pieces. So he touches Alphonse and breaks his entire, like, his a good portion of his side on his armor. I'd say like 25% of his body, 20, 25% of his body is destroyed. And then so he's down for the count. And so Ed goes and continues to fight, but then Scar grabs his mechanical arm and destroys that too. So Ed's kind of helpless because he has the clapping transmutation. So if he only has one arm, he's kind of stuck. And so now... Scar is getting ready to kill him. Scar says, you know, oh, I am going to give you a chance to pray to God. And Edward pretty much says, please don't. Uh, please don't kill my brother. Like, if you kill me, just leave my brother alone. He says, I promise I won't. Well, out of nowhere, the Mustang's men show up along with Mustang and corner Scar. They then have a little bit of a standoff where Mustang tries to take on Scar, but it's raining outside, so Mustang's kind of useless. Uh, Flame Alchemist can't really work when he's wet. But the rest of them try to take him on. We also see Armstrong fight Scar. Scar winds up escaping because Hawkeye shoots him, really just more like grazes him because Scar's still a pretty fast mover. But he escapes. They do realize, though, that one of the bullets breaks his glasses or the sunglasses he's wearing, and they see that he has red eyes, which means he's this fallen. So then we have this little background where Ishval was a was a war, or not a war, it was a little tribe, if you will, or a little country, city-state that existed on the eastern side of their country that they worship the god Ishval. They are very akin to, I guess you would think, Middle Eastern uh, groups, maybe Bedouins or something to that effect. If we were if we were to take them into like the context of our world, eventually they were annexed into the country of Amestris, where all of Full Metal Alchemist takes place, or the vast majority of Full Metal Alchemist takes place. So they're they're annexed in, and then all of a sudden a soldier kills a little girl, and this incites some civil war and uprising, which is sent eventually scales out and reaches the entire east side of the country. So then the state alchemists are sent by the military to, well, to finish the war and exterminate the Ishvalans. Uh, the Ishvalans and the regular military were kind of at a standstill, but the state alchemists were really just like nuclear weapons for them. It, it, it tilted the scales and the Ishvalans just lost. So they surmise that Scar is getting revenge on state alchemists for killing his brothers and sisters in Ishval. Well, they decide they need to go and find him before he kills any more state alchemists. The brothers are down for a count because Ed has some of his armor broken, or Al has some of his armor broken, rather, and Ed has his arm broken. So the only thing left for them to do is to go back to their hometown and get their auto mill repaired so that Ed can then repair Al's body. And that is the end of the episode. So what were your initial thoughts on this one? 
my initial thought, because I watched four and five back to back, my initial thought was like, man, I really wish we had a filler episode right now. I just, I wanted a comedy break. But going into this episode, it was, it's very interesting because um, of Scar's philosophy on alchemy that Ed talks about at the very end of this episode where he says that alchemy is about, was it, cre- was, ah, uh, man, I, I can't remember what he said, but the middle part of it was, it's something, destruction, and then, like, recreation. And how Scar only stops at destruction. And when he said that, thinking back on the episode, Scar just does use alchemy, but he never creates anything. You, every time he uses it, it is he is destroying, just like deconstructing whatever's going on with him. He's like deconstructing the ground. He's deconstructing this cage he was in. I mean, I you could say he almost is deconstructing people when he kind of makes them explode in a sense when he touches their their faces it's kind of interesting that there's this uh two sides to uh this where one side is these people creating things and hit and scar side where he's just destroying things and also on this note what a missed opportunity to call him x he's got a giant x on his face I feel like that would have been my name suggestion instead of Scar. There's a lot of people with scars out there, but this guy's clearly got an X on his face. Yeah, X would have been a much more interesting name, but I guess maybe it would have been harder to pronounce. I, I have no idea what their uh, where their logic was on that one, but now I kind of want the want them to go back and remake it with him being X. That would be that would actually be pretty interesting. Also. They, when they find him uh, at towards the end of the episode and um, he's about to kill Al and they're like, Scar, stop. And he just kind of looks up. I wonder if he's used to that. Like, he's got the giant scar on his face. Do people just call him Scar? Because that's a name they came up with. It's not like he's running around being like, this is the work of Scar. He kind of just was like, I guess that's me. I'm the only other person here, but. It does feel yeah. insensitive. I don't know. He's destroying people, but yeah. I still care for him. Yeah, I also find it interesting that, and they touch upon it a little bit, he clearly hates alchemists, but then there's a little bit of a hypocrisy there because he's also using alchemy to kill people. You know, he, he's, he doesn't even hate alchemists for like, because of their differing methods of alchemy or anything like that. He clearly says it's because the ability to create should only be in the hands of god now granted i think there might be a little a little untruth to that if you will uh clearly he's also he's also in it for the revenge uh i don't know if there was never a civil war if he would bother targeting uh the state alchemists and also the fact that he's specifically targeting state alchemists and not other forms of alchemists so yeah, I don't think it's, uh, I think he's kind of using his religious crusade as an excuse for wanting to seek revenge. I do wonder if he is, because this whole show is, we're talking about equivalent exchange, one thing for a equal of another thing. And we go over the civil war that happened, 
And I wonder if a part of him is like, well, it's equivalent exchange. You killed my people, so now I am just balancing out the scale and getting rid of you guys. Now it's kind of, he's equaling things out in a sense. And that's why he's targeting just state alchemists. And I mean, revenge is also, if that's part of it, then, you know, two birds with one stone for him. Yeah, also the fact that he's targeting Edward because, I mean, looking at Edward's age, there's no way he was involved in the Civil War. He wasn't old enough. He, He's probably barely old enough to even have been a fighter back then. Uh, so, you know, they, they're, he's barely old enough to be a fighter now, and they said the Civil War took place like four years prior. So, you know, granted, Scar could be purely blinded by his brain or by his, uh, arg- his anger, but also, it's like, yeah, this, yeah, this kid's a state alchemist, but he wasn't a soldier, so no reason for him to think that he is, uh, he is worth killing or anything like that, because you know he's he's just an alchemist who happens to be state. So, I do find it interesting when Ed and Al first encounter Scar, and their first instinct is to run, and which is opposed to kind of what we see in other people want to go head-to-head with Scar, it, I do think that gives a little more of us knowing Ed that he is smarter than we think he is. He, uh, he evaluated the situation. He understood that I will not come out on top on this situation, that we need to escape instead of fight. And the only reason he did end up fighting was he was cornered. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He had to fight because Scar was powerful. He was quartered and also because he there was probably a little bit of revenge in him as well because he wanted to protect his brother who was who had just been attacked by Scar and had part of his body destroyed. So there there's probably a little bit of revenge there as well, but yeah, they definitely knew that they were outclassed. And that brings me to a point about Al is maybe everyone does know Al is a hollow suit of armor because there is a lot of our main kind of main cast and supporting cast of characters there to see Al's suit of armor all busted open and no one was shocked. So I wonder if people do know and no one just says anything out of politeness. Maybe. I think... They did all seem surprised, except for maybe, uh, except for maybe Mustang. They all seemed surprised to see that his body was empty. You know, we saw a few times where, where uh, Havoc and a few of the other uh, Mustangs men who were present were like, "Look at the brother's body," and then they mentioned how they have to keep it a secret or not report it or anything because, I guess. They rightfully probably believe that nobody's seen this before and it would raise a lot of questions and maybe Ed would get in trouble for doing some kind of forbidden alchemy or maybe they'd want to experiment on Al because of what he's done or have have Ed do some similar experiments because he's done it once. He might as well be able to do it again. So there's definitely a desire for them to want to hide it. I guess I was wanting a bigger reaction, you know, from them finding out more anime style reaction of them seeing an empty empty suit of armor i do like how al tells ed to leave him or ed to run 
it's a runaway well he's got a chance and then how they come to the end where owl's kind of punching ed for not running away and i like this because owl realizes that ed is their only hope to fix themselves or to fix themselves and anyone else in this situation that he understands that ed is the smarter one of the two or the one that I want, I don't want to say chosen one, but chosen one. Yep, absolutely. And they also mentioned the whole Nina situation. He mentions, you know, if, if you're gone, there'll be nobody to figure out how to fix your body and fix people like Nina when stuff happens to them and whatnot. So you need, you should have kept living. Granted, fortunately they were, uh, Fortunately, they were saved in the nick of time. But yeah, at that point, you know, had they not been, Ed would have been killed because he's just kind of resigned to whatever his fate was at this point. And then Hughes. I like, I mean, Hughes is my favorite character in the Full Metal Alchemist series. But where, I know he was like, I don't, he's, he pops up at the very end after all the fighting is done. But. Does he have a title yet? Have they said his title? And I must have missed it. Okay. So he's just there. I always thought he was a state alchemist. So he doesn't no, he do does, any Because he's not a state alchemist. He's just he's just a okay. uh, high-ranking well, soldier. Then now I feel that he is just in like being like, I'm best suited to be in the back. You guys have all the powers. What am I going to do? It's like, I mean, if you think about it in X-Men terms, he's like Jubilee. He's, you know, we'll, we'll keep you second string and we'll, we send the main group out and then if we need help, we'll bring you in Jubilee. So that's how I feel like Hughes, they treated Hughes so badly. They're like, where were you? But if he doesn't have any alchemist powers, then why would you want him up front? Yeah, he comes across a lot of the episodes so far as essentially being a paper pusher. Like, we never really see him with a gun or fighting anybody or anything. So, you know, maybe he's at the, maybe, you know, in his younger days or whatever, he was a soldier. But as he rose the ranks and stuff, he became more of a you know, middle management officer type versus actually doing the, uh, doing soldier work and, Maybe he's a little rusty and didn't want to get in a fight. I do like at the end of the episode when they're all in the office talking about what what's our next move? What are we going to do next? And it's great because you get to see kind of the full cast of characters that are going to be important to, to the, the series going on in that room. And I do think at some point we, we need to rank the state alchemists on who we think is the best to worst. Or not worst, but least best. Because I, I do enjoy seeing like Armstrong in this episode. You, you kind of underestimate him a little bit. But you see his true power while he's going head to head with Scar in this episode. Yeah, his fighting style is definitely tied into his alchemaic abilities, so he's both fighting and using alchemy at the same time. So, yeah, especially that that part where you think 
Scar is going to reach out and grab him, and he kind of just jukes back. And you're like, wow, he's got more in his skill sets than just being an alchemist. Exactly. Yeah, he has got a lot going for him, and we'll see. We'll see a lot more of him and other alchemists in further episodes. I think it. I think we should wait to see what all of them do before we start declaring who's the best. But I, I am absolutely with that idea of doing that. So let's do that when we get to the, when we uh, get to. I mean, it could be an end thing, like when we yeah. when we finish the series. That can be like a little end thing. I do like this episode ends with Ed being like, "Well, you know who we need to go to to fix my arm." So. Yes. Yeah, we get to go back to the hometown in this next episode, which will be awesome. And we'll talk a little bit about that then. But until then, we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye.